Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Music of Life Church podcast. We are going to discuss the Jeremiah 19.5 episode. If you haven't heard it, please give it a listen. We're going to help you understand how to interact with the person who holds the man-made traditional views of what we covered in the What the Flock episode. I'm Jonathan Fries here with Joel Swakowski. How you doing, Joel? I'm great. Great. Can you remind us of the verse for this episode? Yes, Jeremiah 19.5. We see in the people, the Israelites, the Jewish people, had built the high places of Baal to burn their sons in the fire for burnt offerings unto Baal. This is Jehovah speaking, which I commanded not, nor spake it, neither came it into my mind. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you what my initial thoughts were from this episode. Um, I definitely, whether it's translated into mind as in mind, you know, as in your thought process, you know, your, how you come up with these decisions yeah, and whether it be heart, the place where your decisions get planted, like we talk about, you know, Guard your heart because out of it flows the issues of life. Now that's, yeah, that's a paraphrase, but it is, that's the last, you talk about it in the the episode. It's the last step before you take an action, your decisions get planted in your heart. And so I love the fact that, you know, you talk about God being an optimist, even with all of his history with humanity, he still is trying to believe that we are the best, you know, or, yeah. or, or that, that not that we are the best, but that, um, our decisions and what we want to do we have the best intentions for yeah. it. And that's pretty incredible. And it just, you know, breaks my heart like a clay <laughs> pot that things got so bad for those people. And I'm sitting here going, Oh man, I do not want to be one of those people. Uh, and, I, and I think I'm just being hit by like how gradual, seemingly gradual of a process it was. From the outside, it seems really quick, but I'm sure on the inside, it was just one step after one step after yeah, one step yeah. that progressed them to be so far away from God that it's like, well, it just creeps me out makes me want to run towards god and be like help me not help me not be like those people help me do something else you know that's a great point it is this this you know something we've learned is the word trespass means one foot off the path yeah it's not a 90 degree turn right where you're just on the path and you take a left turn 90 degrees perpendicular from the path it's one foot off the path, which means you might be able to take 10, 12, 20 steps with one foot still on the path. And then that gradually, to your point, it gradually after years and generations, the people forget what it even meant to worship Jehovah. Yeah. And they don't even know what they're doing is wrong. Yep. Yeah, but it is, it's wonderful. Jehovah has such a merciful heart and, he is, he's an optimist, isn't he? He really is. And that's where it's, you know, 
I remember having having the thought and feeling like the the Lord reminding me. It's like, Jonathan, I don't, you know, I don't want you to focus so much on how much you suck, but on how awesome I am. <laughs> yeah. In res- in nice. response to you, you know, being a mess, but yeah. again, so you know, he is. He's merciful. He's amazing. So, yeah. uh, any other any other thoughts about the episode? Yeah, this one for me. This was one of. Uh, a few different verses or passages in the Bible that really were instrumental in me taking a different look at what I believed God's nature to be. And in fact, I think the other one, really there's this verse and one other verse that I think we're covering during this season. So I'm not going to spoil it. Mm. that were like verses that you couldn't get around the fact that this is a major conflict with the omnis oh 100 and and especially with omniscience on does god know the future and every down to every minute detail right right right. because we want to take prophecy and say, well, that means God knows the future. Well, we know. Go ahead and listen to God's will, uh, the prophecy episode at the end of season five. Prophecy wasn't about predicting the future. Nice. Awesome. It was about helping people get back to the causes, right? That's right. But this was one of those verses that really caused me to be like, okay, I I can't sit here and say God could prevent all these bad things from happening. And God does know all these things and he's just allowing them to happen while also believing God's right and just. So it's like, it really, what it caused me to do is to have to take a deeper look at what it means for God to be right and just as it relates to how he works. Mm Mm-hmm. And once I understood God's always completely right, always completely just, and that he moves in response to justice. This verse wasn't that hard to understand anymore. But it did take a big. It it does go right after a deeply held belief that a lot of people have. So that's it does. difficult. And it does, it ca- I think hearing a verse like that causes you to remap God. Yeah. Where it's like, he knows everything down to every single minute detail. Well, then therefore he should be preventing stuff from happening, right? Like yeah. He, and now we're now in it's the his problem. Fault, it's the problem right? of evil, right? Exactly. Can't have this. Exactly. So the thing is, is that, you know, again, like what you were saying about prophecy, going back to the causes, that is what God cares about. It's like we as people, you know what we want? We want things down to every minute detail so that we are in control (laughs) and we are never surprised by anything that happens. We as human beings don't want to be surprised unless it's something that's good. You know what I mean? Like only surprise, but I mean, even me, (laughs) too jacked up about surprise parties but there's we think as human beings to be in control is everything and to know everything to every minute detail god's like no 
he's about the causes. He's about us focusing on, you know, remember me, walk in my ways. Yeah. yeah. You know, delight in my law and just follow me. And then yeah. all of those effects will, will have amazing effects. We'll have amazing benefits that we experience in our life. And therefore we won't be doing these catastrophically bad actions over right, time. Right. Yeah. Yeah. He's just trying to set us up for the future. That's great. Can you give us an overview of the damage that is done with this episode's verse? Yeah. People think God makes everything happen. Mm-hmm. And that he knows everything that will happen ahead of time, again, down to the very minute detail. We have to add that disclaimer, because we do know God knows things about the future. But not every single thing down to every minute detail. He knows so, the most He knows the most that of everything that can be known. It's like God, God, yeah. know, God knows all that can be known. He has all the information that Bingo. exists. That's it. I love that. He's all the information. Yeah. So a lot of the doctrine that's damaged is the doctrine of grace and of God's nature. No, if we understand what grace really means, the divine influence upon the heart and its reflection in the life and how it requires us to rest a behavior that God mapped out for us and how to do by giving up this position of being a first cause himself and giving man dominion. Each of us is a little first cause walking around. Mm-hmm. So people misunderstand that they misunderstand who God is. And especially like we just mentioned earlier, the three omnis episode, especially omniscience comes right at this. And then we also see the, you know, people embracing a contradiction, the problem of evil being one we just talked about again. And and even this anthropomorphism thing is interesting. There's contradictions all over the place with that. That's why listen to the Grace episode, the God's Nature series, and the non-contradiction episode would flush a lot of this out. That's awesome. So how would you handle a person who holds to the man-made belief about this verse? Well, Jonathan, let's take a look. That depends on what they believe about this verse. I'm going to go through five popular options. There could be more, but with these five, it should give you at least one tool the next time you have a conversation about this verse or about these doctrine that could help you interact with the person who has maybe an opposing belief than you. Number one, let's go right at this anthropomorphism thing again. Somebody could say, well, this is this is wrong because it's anthropomorphism. You're attributing human attributes to God. No, God didn't literally mean he didn't know that this was going to happen. I could just ask them, well, are you saying God doesn't have a mind? Are you saying God and humans share no attributes? What does it mean that man was made in the image of God? Hmm. And then... I've asked this one before in a previous episode, but here's here. I'd ask this again. If you want to bring up God 
not literally meaning something he said, I asked the person, what's your measure for taking something liter literally versus figuratively? Nice. Yeah. A second one, this, this one was apostle tater. Number one was pastor rich. This one's apostle tater. God is saying that this behavior was so evil. He would never consider doing this or never consider the people doing this. Great. Like, I'm like, it's almost like I can understand the intentions here are to, at least here we're trying to, to justify God, but mm -hmm. we're not justifying the word of God. So I could ask them, are you saying God did know that it would happen, but it was not part of his plan? And then I could even ask, are you saying God knows everything that will happen in the future down to every detail? So again, what we're doing is taking what these people are saying and trying to apply those concepts in another area to see if there's anything that we can learn, anything we're misunderstanding, or any contradiction can be exposed. Sure. Here's a third one. And some of these, again, I got from, from uh, famous commentaries uh, on the Bible. Third, it's about the command not to do it. The other part of the verse is hyperbole. So that's a big one these commentaries are doing is they're focusing on, remember what it says here, I commanded not, nor spoke it, neither came it into my mind. So what people tend to do is focus on the, the thing that the Israelites did, these, these Jewish people did was so evil. And God did not command them to do it. So they were being disobedient to God. And they just gloss right over the part that said, neither came it into my mind. So a person would, you know, if a person could rationalize that away by saying the other part of the verse about it not being part of his mind is hyper hyperbole, which is just exaggerating for an effect, right? Okay. Thank you. So for I'd that. ask them, <laughs> yeah, hi, hyper hyperbole, exaggerating hyperbole. for effect. I've heard the same thing. People say, you know, Jesus said, "Drink my blood, eat my body." That is hyperbole. He didn't really mean it. Well, sure. he did mean it. He did mean it. He meant it spiritually. So that's nice. where, with this person saying something is hyperbole. How do you know if a verse is hyperbolic or not? Again, what's your measure? How are you proving? Prove this for me. Nice. And what about this verse in specific, specific makes you conclude that that's a hyperbolic statement? Nice. Love that. And what do we get to? Well, I don't know. Because it doesn't make sense. Because I don't understand it. That's usually where the answer eventually goes. So something you don't understand is either figurative or hyperbolic. All right. Number four. Well, you know what? The mind of God, this is talking about God's mind. His mind is higher than ours. We're not meant to know what this means. We couldn't know even if he tried explaining it to us. And I could just simply ask, do you ever teach the word of God to other people? So we're just talking about our ability to understand, which we've addressed this too in the in the God's nature series is 
is the lack of of God being able to explain something an area where God is not powerful enough, right? Or doesn't know enough? Yeah, and it's this whole idea of you know the we can't we can't understand this verse, but you can understand it enough to say that you don't understand it. It's like it's already right. a contradiction. Well, we can't understand oh, anything. Right. You can't understand anything. Well, so then your statement of not being able to understand anything, you can't understand. You should be happy if my response to that is blah, 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 blah. Yeah, I, I don't gibberish, under- gibberish. Right. I don't understand <laughs> that you don't understand. How can you understand that you don't yeah. understand? Your ability to make sense of the statement you just said requires you to understand those words. Exactly. There which you go. is anything. <laughs> nice. And then finally, number five is interesting. What this person's doing, likely, is making a statement that's abstract enough where they won't be wrong and will distract you from getting more detailed about the specifics of what this verse means. So, you know what, Jonathan? When it says it neither came into his mind, it just means that it went against the nature of God. I'd say I agree. But I've, I, and here's, here's my issue with this. My experience with other religious authorities is that they won't outright say God's not right and just. They'll agree with you in that. But when you press them as to defining God's nature, that's where they'll start throwing a fit. Right. You can say God is right and just, but can you say, I know God's nature? Where, let me just stay abstract. Where that's I've I've dealt with people who are trying to deceive others by saying, yeah, God's right and just, but he also has 600 names. So do you really know? Oh, yeah, God's right and just, but he's also love. Mm. Where this person could just be saying, yeah, this just means it went against God's nature. Or I'd say, are you saying that it also didn't enter into his mind? Or I could just simply ask. And I would agree with this person. You know what? I agree. And that not that a fun place to start? Is just be like, you know what? I agree. I do believe it meant it went against God's nature. But let me ask you, what do you believe God's nature is? So that'd be how I'd handle that. Nice. And that's really, those are, so those are five common perspectives about this verse and the recommended response, or at least a response you could have for each of these five. Cool. Thanks, Joel. Can you remind us what the ultimate answer is? Yeah, the ultimate answer. We see God was surprised by people, which I honestly, I love that. Yeah, that's cool. That's really, really fun. Because God being surprised by people, it just gives you more of a picture of him. Like why when we choose him or why we do something, he does rejoice over us. He is ecstatic. Why would he ever... Yeah, why would he ever be excited if he knew it was going to happen ahead of time? He wouldn't. He'd just be sitting there. Why would Jesus marvel at exactly. the centurion? 
Exactly. And Jesus could see thought process too, which anyway, now we're getting off the ultimate answer. Anyways, you know, <laughs> what we can see from this, this verse does is it supports the fact that we know God does not know the future down to every minute detail. There was a behavior out of the Israelites that he did not see happening before it happened. Now, what if this word meant heart and not mind? Well, the decisions we make with our mind are put into our hearts. Yeah. And the heart is the last cause. It's the last stop. It's the last filter even of all of our actions. And if we take this word mind to mean heart, this would mean God is saying he may have known that this behavior was a possibility. He may have had that possibility in his brain, but he never could bring himself to make the decision to believe that the people would actually do this evil behavior. So I could say it sounds like either answer, heart or mind, is without contradiction, but heart may be a more specific and accurate translation. Excellent. So our verse, Jeremiah 19, 5, the verse, and have built the high places of Baal to burn their sons in the fire for burnt offerings unto Baal, which I commanded not, nor spake it, neither came it into my mind. So that's the verse we're reading today. But with what we've learned, we want to read it according to the truth or according to God's language, putting in the information that we've learned today. So Jeremiah 19.5, and have built the high places of Baal to burn their sons in the fire for burnt offerings unto Baal, which I commanded not, nor spake it, neither came it into my heart. Because I never could bring myself to make the decision to believe the people would actually do that. Man, that sounds amazing. That sounds like the optimistic, merciful Jehovah that I know. You know what it sounds like? It sounds like a dad. It does sound like a dad. That's that I think, and that's part of what's choking me up about reading this. Yeah. Is it's like I I sure that's a possibility but i couldn't think that my they never kids never my kids my kids would be killing each other oh i don't i don't want to decide that they were gonna do that Mm -hmm. i i I never would even think about that you think about your son or you know the people at church i would never think that they would murder each other that's but not I even... know the concept of murder in my brain. Of course, I know that that's a possibility. It's a uh, you know for someone do it. never. No, I'm not like sitting there going, "Oh wow, I really need to, you know, prevent them from killing each uh, other." Uh, uh, no, it's like that you, Joel, and 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 me that we'd be sitting there with our with in our church going, "Man, we really, man, what can we do to stop?" these people from buying guns to kill each other. It's like, we don't, we right. don't sit there and think about that. Uh-uh, uh-uh. We sit there and we, we, we plan to help, you know, to give them opportunities for growth yeah. and sure people have problems and we talk about it, but one of the problems 
that we're ad- addressing is not cannibalism and murder no. and no. you know like burning to... children right it's like we're, we no but that i'm not thinking of that right but it's because you know we're we're optimistic and we're we're dealing with the 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 situations and issues that we are and we're being like fathers to you know you you to your son and and us to our uh, and it's churches just, church yeah family. i feel i feel the broken heart of a father of just like you know i thought it's almost like i thought i knew my kids i thought i knew them better than that i yeah. never no yeah it's just a broken heart Ugh. it is i never thought that you would be like all of those i've seen this before yeah. i've seen this yeah. behavior before but you, yeah. but you i mean i've never heard i thought it Right. I've heard parents say that and it's not wrong. Doesn't show that they don't know their children. Right. Right. <laughs> In fact, it's actually, you know. It might prove the opposite. It they does. Know you it so proves well the opposite. That that's why they're that's why they're so taken aback because it's like, man, I know who you are and I know the good you're capable of. And it's this is just so contrary to that. Yeah. Well, amazing. Thanks, Joel. Thank you to everyone who's listening. This has been the Music of Life Church podcast. If you have any questions or comments, please let us know. We'll see you all next time.